We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It's a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? Well, you know something, brother? The good word is a very simple phrase. And that phrase is to hell with Georgia. For longtime fans of the show, Joshua and I do share one other love. We share a lot of other loves, but one of them is professional wrestling. As we tape this, it is WrestleMania season. So very good shout out to... Uh, well, what you going to the- do, brother, with the <laughs> rambling wreck, Brett King and Damon Stoudemire, one round on you! All right, so uh, snap into a Slim Jim and let's get back into the episode. Welcome to episode number 31. No, no, don't do your Macho Man impression. Um, By the way, quick little side note, little bonus content for our listeners. Go find Jay Lethal, Ric Flair, TNA promo, the greatest six minutes on YouTube where Jay Lethal does a Ric Flair impression of Ric Flair. I only bring that up because Jay Lethal does a fantastic Macho Man impression as well. All right, let's get back to Georgia Tech Athletics. This podcast, we like to give you as much Georgia Tech Athletic news as we can. We also like to dig a little deeper into a particular topic or one of the teams on each of our episodes. Joshua, the second half of the show, what will we be diving into? Georgia Tech baseball, quite simply, they're they're starting to hit the the meat of the ACC schedule, and there's been some positives, some negatives, some wins, some losses, and we're basically going to cover the general trend of the season so far and what it looks like we could be looking at later on. Fantastic. Before we get to that, and we are going to combine the news as well as analysis, so we will get to as much Georgia Tech baseball news and analysis as we can. Before we get to that, let's get into some of the other news. We want to thank uh, all of the different sources that we use, Rivals.com, JacketsOnline.com, RamblinWreck.com, AJC. We thank uh, Kelly Quinlan. Uh, and, uh, oh man, I, uh, all of a sudden I lost his, Ken Segura for their work. Uh, Rod McKenzie too. Don't, don't forget Rod. Rod McKenzie. Absolutely. And, uh, I believe there's one other you like to follow on, uh, discord. I, uh, uh, he doesn't work for George tech. He doesn't do the tech beat anymore. He's on, he's with LSU. He's still plugged oh. in, but Bryce Coon is, is indeed, he's, he's the scoop. I like it. Okay. So. I uh, want to encourage everybody, if you go to ramblinrec.com, you can see two quick videos f- with our new head basketball coach, Damon Stoudemire. They, of course, have all kinds of stuff about his first day there. But there was a three-minute sit-down with Andy Demetra, the voice of the Jackets, kind of get to know Damon a little bit. But the ACC Network did a much longer sit-down. Uh, uh, Billy Packer's son, I can't remember his name, but he he kind of heads up the basketball coverage, and he did a very, very good long-form interview with Damon Stoudemire. It's about 12 minutes, 
my impressions of Coach Stoudemire in his first few days and his first couple interviews, he is reserved to say the least. For a, uh, he is a man who is very comfortable with who he is. He is a man who is not going to show his hand too early, and he is a man that feels like from his background of playing in both college and in the NBA and also kind of holding almost every job you can from assistant to recruiter to head coach to then also working in the NBA the last three years with the Boston Celtics and getting more involved in analytics. He's kind of, I think he has a pretty good idea of what he wants to accomplish and how he's going to accomplish that. And he is going to probably bore you to death with interviews while building a great team in the background. So I, I, I'm not saying he did a bad interview, but it was, it was, it was very laid back, but it's a good 11 minutes. Go listen to it. He did a great job affording himself very well. So shout out to him on that. Also want to give one other piece of news and let you guys know that we kind of mentioned it on the last show, uh, five yellow jacket swimmers and divers went to the NCAA championships. I'm sorry, five male uh, swimmers and divers are heading to the NCAA championships. The women just finished their uh, uh, NCAA championships, and we had uh, swimmer Denise Ayrton won uh, All-American honors as a freshman. She placed her best finish was 15th overall in the 1650 free. So. Shout out to our swimming and diving teams. Men, do a good luck on your uh, NCAA championships. And shout out to our freshman swimmer who earned All-American, second team All-American honors. Well done. Fantastic. Well, I'm here with some football news. The first one I'm going to mention is a guy coming back. Then we're going to talk about some visits that happened, and then we're going to talk about some commitments. You heard that right. In the great month of March, we have people from 2024 committing to the school, Georgia Institute of Technology. So first of all, tight end Dylan Leonard will be coming back for a fifth season at Georgia Tech. Um, Dylan Leonard was predominantly the main starter at tight end. Um, I think most fans will tell you he was not exactly the greatest football player in the world, but he was more or less serviceable. He'll come back next season for a fifth year with um, in college football with George Tech, so we're seeing more of him. As for the visits, last Friday, March 17th, Georgia Tech had its second kind of big uh, visit day. A lot of people came in to watch the team practice, probably get a chance to mingle with some of the players, maybe some of the coaches, to kind of see how the process went runs. Uh, the big one was number one recruit Dylan Riola. He's number one in the country. Will Tech get him? Probably not. He's got offers from pretty much every school under the sun, but he and his family have a really good um, relationship with Buster Faulkner. So more or less, it was a courtesy visit to kind of give back to Buster for his Buster's worked his butt off to talk to him. Maybe he still considers Tech, who knows, but the likelihood of George Tech landing him is relatively um, Georgia Tech commit Duke Watson was also back on campus to see the team again after committing um, about a week or two ago. You also had Kylan Fox, the one of the guys we told you about on this podcast a week or two ago. He was back on campus as well with another visit. Uh, this was the second visit that he mentioned coming into. He's a top 100 recruit, but Georgia Tech has a very good chance of getting him because he has made it pretty clear that he has liked what he's seen from Tech so far. 
On top of that, you've got guys like Zendavian Smith from Oklahoma, defensive lineman. He was on campus. He is there for his connection to new defensive line coach Marco Coleman. Uh, he had kind of built a relationship with him while he was at Michigan State. So after Marco left, um, Sims kind of coming in just to see maybe what's going on with that. Uh, we also had running back Caden Kanan Daniels, who from Mississippi, he was on campus as well. Um, he also had Florida linebacker Demontre Gatson, uh, defensive lineman Mikai Boreau, Kev- Kevon Gray, Jace Mitchell, Tony Mathis Jr., and Bear McWhorter. I'm not going to give you the scattering reports on all those guys. If you really want to look them up, you can. They were on campus obviously getting recruited by certain people. Norville McKenzie specifically seemed to be the busiest one. He had a few running backs in that group. I follow him on Twitter. He, he's tweeting stuff all the time about how everything matters. So Norville putting in work out there. The other big, the real big news, though, is that on the same day, the 19th, Georgia Tech picked up not one, but two commits for the 2024 class. And it's not like these were commits of – oh, it's like a no-star that no one's ever heard of and text their only Power 5 offer. No, no, no. These were legitimate prospects that committed. The first one is offensive lineman from IMG Academy, Santana Alutupuola. Sorry, I really struggle with that kind of name. So he is a top 1,000 recruit, uh, considered about top 70 in the interior offensive line category. He went to IMG, which is a football factory. 6'1", 325. He's a big boy. He can get out there and move. He had offers from Florida, uh, App State, Hawaii, Tulane, UNLV, UAB. So he had had a decent little offer sheet. Was probably going to pick up more. Probably will pick up more. But he has put his name in the hat to go play for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And then the big time one was Outside linebacker Jordan Boyd, 6'3", 220-pound line, linebacker from Aiken, South Carolina. He is considered a top 60 linebacker in this class, top 650 nationally. Known as a good pass rusher, very good athlete, had offers from App State, Charlotte, Georgia Southern. Um, seems like a pretty good guy to, to pick up as a commit. Will these guys stay committed? Who knows in this day and age. But it's good to know that Tech is getting out there on the trail right now. I believe the linebacker you mentioned, uh, when I read about him, uh, it said something to the effect of he was a top 20 player in the state. So, uh, yes, he is, he is ranked number 10 in the state of South Carolina. So, and, and the, uh, I saw a quick story about the O lineman you just mentioned, and he said he had a little quote that he had no intentions of committing on his visit, but he said, when it feels right, it feels right. And he just was very impressed with the coaching staff, with the practice he saw, and and what he wants to be a part of. And by the way, I will just shout out from our little show, Joshua and myself, the alum and the fan, to any recruit who hasn't yet committed, or to any commit, if we are mispronouncing your name, please reach out to us, joshuajulian26 at outlook.com, See if you can book an interview with us. We can't get you an NIL license deal, but we can get you in front of the dozens. And dozens. 
of fans of this show. And you can tell us how to correctly pronounce your name and we'll never mess it up again. Uh, we are doing the best we can. We are not the greatest at this and we didn't search the phonetic spelling of your names. So if we screw it up, we apologize. Please teach us. We are willing to learn. Joshua, quick news out of both tennis teams from Georgia Tech. I want to start with the Lady Jackets. The women's tennis team made it back into the Intercollegiate Tennis Association rankings. They are back into the top 25 as a team. They are now ranked at number 22 this week, and they have four of their singles players in the singles poll and one doubles team. The fourth time this season appearing in the top 10, Carol Lee climbed one spot to number seven to match her highest singles ranking of her collegiate career. She is 11 and two in dual singles action this season, including a six and two mark against ACC opponents. Kylie Bilchev, who we've talked about before on this show, also climbed one spot. She is appearing at number 26. She has dropped only one ACC singles match this season, owning a five, six and one ledger against league opponents and 11-2 in dual action. Also, Mahat Jane leads Georgia Tech with 12 dual singles victories this season, and she is at number 65. And then freshman Alejandra Cruz is at got into the poll at number 105 in her singles record, but also earned co-freshman of the week honors this last week by going 3-0 over the weekend in her matches. So shout out to the women's tennis team who is in the top 25 in the ITA rankings. Staying on tennis, but moving over to the men's team, the men's Jackets team claimed an ACC win over Boston College, and they have a few tennis players also in the ITA national rankings poll. In the men's top 125 singles rankings for March 21st, Andre Martin was number 34, Marcus McDaniel was number 60, and Keshav Chopra was number 86. And in the top 80 doubles rankings, Andre Martin and Marcus McDonald were number 20, top 20 in the men's doubles rankings. So shout out to the men's and women's tennis team, both getting in the ITA rankings. Keep climbing and go Jackets. Last little bit of news before we talk baseball. Just want to shout out the track and field teams. They had their Jackets Invitational opening tournament kind of kicking off the spring outdoor season. I saw a bunch of different results. Just know that our man, Jameer Gibson, who threw the shot put 60 feet, six inches, uh, competed as well. I believe he placed third in the discus. So Jameer Gibson doing some work. We will shout out other track and field athletes as the season goes along, I'm sure. All right, Joshua. I, I We finished all the news. I even worked a little segue into shouting out our email address. That's called a, that's called seamless, although now talking about it makes me very unprofessional. But I don't mind doing it because I'm a hell of an engineer and a Georgia Tech alum. So let's move to the last part of the show, the big part of the show. Let's Let's get talking about baseball. Why don't you start with some results and where the team stands currently? Yeah, well. 
not the greatest week for Georgia Tech baseball in their Tuesday game. They didn't have to play a very tough opponent. This was a nationally ranked team in the Auburn Tigers. Georgia Tech gave them everything they could handle. They were, in fact, up about 10 to 4 at the end of the fourth inning. So Georgia Tech was hitting well. The issue was in the next two innings, they gave up seven runs while only scoring one. They ended up going to extra innings, playing 12 that day before losing to Auburn. They were playing at Auburn uh, with by a final score of 12 to 11. Both teams used seven pitchers. Georgia Tech, Ben King started, did not pitch very well. The Dalton Smith only pitched a third of an inning, gave up three run- runs, but you know, not much better over on the Auburn side. So not a great, it was an offensive fireworks show, more or less. I mean, you've got Jack DeLeo at the top of the order going five for seven. Uh, Drew Compton going three for seven. Jack Rubenstein going three for six. There is 22 hits from the Jackets and 20 from Auburn. Let's keep it this way. Not a lot of high quality pitching to be seen in this game. Uh, George Tech just came out on the wrong end of a shootout. Then, on for the weekend series, they had to travel to Kentucky to play the number two Louisville Cardinals. So, the number two team in the nation. Very, very good team in their home stadium. So, just keep that in mind as I talk about this. So, the first game on Friday, they George Tech did end up losing 8-7. to seven. That was on a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, Tech was, again, up. They were tied. They were down 5 nothing. They scored six runs in the sixth, and then they kind of started trading runs. But Louisville was able to score one in the eighth and one in the ninth to take home the win, 8-7. to seven. Dawson Brown started for the Jackets, did get through five innings this time, but still gave up five runs. Harry Busey had potentially his worst game of the year, giving up two runs, one of them earned with four walks in his inning and two-thirds. But you still had a decent game at the plate from the Jackets. Uh, you still have DeLeo hitting up there. Jack Rubenstein had, went two for three with two RBIs. It, overall, not a horrible game from the Georgia Tech, but not a great one. Saturday, they won 10-4. to four. A great day for them, for sure. They Their starter, Luke Schmolke, gave up four runs. Only one of them was earned. And then the bullpen locked them down. Cody Carwile, Ben King, and Cameron Hill didn't allow another run. Meanwhile, the offense continued to do their thing and bring in, you know, run after run. Stephen Reed, Jackson Finley both hit home runs, as well as Nick Rom- Nicholas Romano with his second of the year. And then on Sunday, they lost 9-3. to three. Uh, Got a great game there for Louisville from Carson Liggett. Six innings, only three runs, two of them earned. While Tech had to go through a whole lot of things. Jackson Finley had his worst start of the year, four innings, five runs. So... You know, it sounds bad they lost the series two to three, but they were in Louisville against the number two team. Uh, so Georgia Tech is now 14 and six on the season, three and three in conference or three and four potentially now after that loss. And they are playing Wofford as we speak currently. Uh, that's the Tuesday game. And they will be playing Clemson this weekend. All yeah, those so, games in Atlanta. So, you know, for those who haven't really followed the baseball team much and and haven't watched them play. I I just want to point out that, by the way, one thing Georgia Tech did was they knocked Louisville out from their number two ranking. Uh, They, the new poll just came out yesterday. Louisville slipped down to number six because Tech gave them only their second loss of the season. So 
they were 16 and one going into the Saturday game uh, or the second game and, and tech gave Louisville only its second loss of the season. There are six ACC teams in the top 25. Wake Forest is now number two. Louisville is number six. UVA is number eight. North Carolina is 15th. Boston College is 16th. And Miami is 17th. So the ACC is absolutely stacked in baseball. Might be a down year in basketball. They are stacked in baseball. And they are going to beat the snot out of each other. And Tech is not ranked. They were, I believe, at the very beginning of the season. But they They snuck their way in there, but they've fallen out. Yeah, so this is going to be, and Tech, again, a lot of freshmen and sophomores on this team. We talked about it in a former show. This is a young team, so there might be some streaks that this team goes through. So far to this point in the season, just as we start to get into the teeth of the ACC schedule, what are you noticing about the team? The pitching sucks, which might be very crude and a very bad way to put it, because I don't think that it's, it's, it's just the results have not been there. By the way, I I want to thank you for being a for that comment, being a very social media, Facebook group, Twitter, you know, Discord comment. I know you're going to break it down more, but thanks for starting with a comment that. Well, so it's the summary, right? You got to put the bold of this is what's true. And I'm not just going to leave it at that because I want to break it down as a. Okay, so break it down. So, um, again, the pitching staff, more or less, there are some young guys. The issue has really been walks. Um, a lot of the guys that have pitched, especially the guys that are kind of getting the most innings, are struggling with walks. I mean, Dawson Brown, in 21 and two-thirds innings, has 17 walks. Uh, Cody Carwile in 15 and two-thirds, has 12. You've got 15 walks and 14 innings from Luke Schmolke, uh, 10 and 8 from Dalton Smith. You did you? you uh, I was wrong. Sorry. You only know, has seven. He's seven and eight. And then you've got five and eight and two thirds from Josiah Siegel. Georgia Tech has, as a team, has walked 106 guys in 178 in the third innings. That's a very hard. It's a very hard to win baseball games when you're yeah. giving free bases. You know the the the. It it's reductive to say it, but just let them hit it, more or less, because at least if they put it in play, you have a chance to do something. You can't defend a walk. So I, I, I said you sounded very much like a social media yelling at the beginning. So let me now fall into the trap of sounding like the fan who just go, who sounds like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Coach just put me in. We would have won the state championship that year. So as someone who has not even coached anywhere near the college level, but has coached both at school levels and and been involved in coaching baseball to a very, very amateurish level. When I was coaching kids coming up, one of the things coaches love to look at the fast arms and I wanted, I knew one of the key things is walk is as good as a hit. That is, that is true at any level of baseball. And it's a reason why major leaguers, if you average a walk in inning, you know, or a half a walk in inning, you're not going to be in a major league bullpen very long, or you're not going to be a starter for very long. You have got, you can't give away free bases. And that is an obvious, they've got to throw the ball over the plate. Let them, you'll give up some home runs, but if you put fewer people on, a solo home run is only one run. You walk a couple and then a bases clearing double, that scores two. 
So that's that's kind of that's a great analysis. And I'm glad you pointed that out. The other yeah. uh, I think you would also say so not to be, again, too reductive. But from the scores we've read for people who've paid attention to this show, it would seem that is the best thing right now about this team, their offense. Oh, 100 percent. They average nine runs a game. That's yeah. very hard to do in, in baseball, no matter what level. I mean, they have multiple guys hitting above 350. They've got a bunch of guys slugging above 600. Um, they, I mean, they take their walks. They're on. They have a 310 team average with a 420 team on base percentage, a 522 slug. They, the offense is doing about everything it can. I mean, when you score 11 runs in a game on the road, more often than not, that should probably be enough to win. But when your pitching staff is giving up 12, you know, there's a certain point of like. Not much else they can really do. Right. So do you lay the blame at this point? Is it too early to to blame the coaches for anything? Blame the players? Is this they need to kind of find you their blame. sea legs? They're in a. So it depends on what you're you're looking at it. I think with that question from just this season. Right. Looking back even last season, pitching was what kind of cost Georgia Tech time and time again. I can't say that I was an expert on last season, but I was able to watch that Tennessee game where the offense played well at the beginning. You know, the offense put them out, staked them a lead, and the pitching staff walked a few people, gave up right. a few hits. Zach Maxwell got tired, and Danny was just like, I can't go to the bullpen. And once you did go right. to the bullpen, the, the floodgates opened, and Tennessee started to do their thing. So it, I think you need to blame the pitching coach at least. I don't know if you really want to blame Danny Hall because he's been there for so long and the team has been – relatively successful for most of the time he's been there at least to the point where they're an above average program but the pitching coach i don't know what specifically he's doing but whatever it is it doesn't seem to really be working because right now jackson finley ben king and terry Busey are like your your main top guys and then you've got like a jackson vaughn and ben king and you've got a few guys kind of doing some good stuff but there's enough people doing a lot of bad stuff that there's counter well, and I think it's going to be interesting to just watch and just from people who don't pay attention as much as the, to the other sports, I think it'll be interesting to see do the pitch does the pitching get better as the season goes on? That's something I look at. Do, it, do the numbers improve because you you played cupcake, you know, you played some smaller teams, you played some non-conference teams and we're still giving up runs. And yeah. so can they improve at all in terms of giving up fewer runs through the pitching? If not, this could potentially be a, a not great season, maybe not even make the NCAA or make it. And I guess, you know, any coach knows you want to have your team peaking at the end of the season. If you can improve and you're playing your best baseball at the end of the season, that's kind of one of the keys because Unlike any other sport, baseball is you you play these series and you you want to be ready for the region. You know, you go to the ACC tournament, then you want to be ready for the regionals, make it to the super regionals and try to make the College World Series, which honestly, that team last year was on track to do that. And the pitching failed them in that last game. They had a lead going into the last inning. Unfortunately, there's a there's a YouTube video by John Boy Media about tech and the Tennessee player, you know, celebrating and flipping people off and yada, yada, yada. So he's a punk, but either way, 
Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, the season runs into May, so they've still got some months. If you can find a few guys that you can trust. Because like I said, there's talent there. I mean, Jackson Finley has been good in shorter stints. Terry Busey and Ben King have been really good relievers. And there's some guys that I know Danny Hall mentioned as once we get them stretched out, we want them to be starters. I believe Cameron Hill was one of them. So there's a chance that there's some shuffling and you start to see some guys put into better positions or other positions. But yeah, as of now, up to this point, the clear weakness has been run prevention. Right. And and it's still early enough in the season that we're not going to overstate necessarily big problems or pe- press the panic button. And again, this was a turnover team with with a lot of freshmen and sophomores, more freshmen and sophomores than juniors and seniors. So yeah. that's an important thing to remember of- too. Is they were they're replacing I think two of their starters. I believe Grissom was a starting pitcher too, and yes, as was Maxwell. So. Yeah. They're replacing two of their three main starters. They're replacing a few position players. I mean, there was there was always the chance that this was going to be a bit more of a down year as opposed to last year because it's it's hard to just continue to churn out top guys to replace the guys that you just lost. But there was always the option there because you had Reed, DeLeo, um, Finley. I mean, you had plenty of talent there, and the offense has, hasn't missed a beat the pitching staff is still kind of lagging behind. Well, we will. So I would encourage our listeners to do a a couple of things. First of all, don't give up yet. It's early in the season. Let's see if the team improves. I would encourage every, Hey, the Braves didn't do anything good till August and they won the world series. So who knows? Right. Oh, there you go. Joshua has all but guaranteed that if uh, Tech is on a run. (laughs) So, uh, so the challenge I was going to lay out to our listeners is that I would encourage you guys, depending on what streaming or cable service you have, watch for the ACC network. If you have the ACC network, pay attention to when Georgia Tech softball or baseball is playing on the ACC network. You can also, they occasionally show college baseball games on ESPN3. So you can get, if you have the ESPN service, you can get that. And then lastly, I was going to remind everybody, especially to the alum that listened to this program, you can listen at, online at rec.org, W-R-E-K.org. They play every baseball game. So you can follow the schedule, and they will have the baseball game streaming on rec.org. So good old rec radio, uh, fond memories of that lovely but slightly smelly studio. That uh, that was a long time ago. I'm sure they fumigated it many times since then. So uh, it's it's I hope you enjoyed that kind of in-depth look, but also not overreacting too much look because it's early enough in the season. And like we said, ACC has six teams in the top 25. Maybe by the end of the season, we can be one of them. Joshua, I throw it to you for any last comments before it's time to wrap up this fantastic show. I'm sure we'll be talking about spring practice here soon. Uh, really start to look ahead to the 2023-24 college football season and just start discussing what that team is going to look like Brent Key's first year. Other than that, maybe we'll get some news about basketball here soon too. I mean, Damon Stoudemire's old coaching staff fell out and he hasn't really done it yet. So we'll see. 
I will say that daily I have been checking whatever news sources I can because I'm wondering what his first news is going to be about his coaching staff and the current standing of any of his players, if any of them are going to transfer out, and does he go after Blue Kane and any other commits for the 2024 season. So uh, just a quick reminder, you can stay in touch with the show. Uh, Become a friend of the show. Like others who we talked about last show, Kent Lewis and others, uh, they can email the show, Joshua Julian 26 at outlook.com. This show will, it's a labor of love that we love to give to you as martyrs. That is known as tech fans. It's been a little bit of a tough road. It looks like things are getting better. Brent key is building good recruits. Damon Stoudemire seems to be a great hire at the start. We'll see what happens as they work. And the Georgia Tech baseball program, Joshua has guaranteed, is going to win the College World Series if they get on a hot streak at the end of the year. So for Joshua, this is Stephen. And I believe Joshua wants to part the end the show with one last very important question with a lot of energy. Oh, you already know it, brother. So the question, the question for the viewers out there. What's the good word?